welcome again to Reading Together. We are reading through Heaven Taken by Storm by Thomas Watson. This week we are studying through uh, chapter 12, um, in which Thomas Watson encourages us how the Christian is to offer violence to heaven. Um, and so this is um, kind of an, um, an odd chapter because back in um, chapter 2, um, he told us that there was going to be four, um, four ways that he would speak of us of how we are to, to offer violence in obtaining the kingdom, right? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. How are we to be violent in taking the kingdom? And he said, uh, violence against self, violence against Satan, violence against the world, and then violence against heaven. And and this is kind of the uh, this 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 fourth category, the violence against heaven, is kind of the odd man out because, I mean, we expect to do violence against ourselves, or at least I hope so, <laughs> um, because we know that we are sinful, right? And so the the length of time that he spent talking about the the spiritual disciplines of prayer and 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 hearing the word, reading the word, meditation, self examination, Lord's Day, uh, conversation, right? Those things hopefully make sense because our 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 hearts are are drawn towards um, evil. And then Satan in the world that we discussed uh, last week in, in chapters 10 and 11. Um, hopefully that also makes sense as well, right? Jesus said that the world uh, that the world hated him and the world will continue to hate us as his followers, right? And Satan, of course, is the, the evil one who is against us, right? But how are we to offer violence against heaven, right? Um, that seems, that's it's definitely the odd man out. Well, in a lot of ways, this chapter is a return back to, um, back to, uh, chapter one, where he gave us the the where he he introduced us to the the text uh, that he is going from um, that the that the violent take heaven by force, um, and and he is he is he's essentially urging us um, to that that the to 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 fight for our pursuit of glory to to fight for our pursuit of heaven um, to make sure that we are. Um, putting that we are putting forth effort here, right? And so again, this is um, I think I've said it in almost every single one, but I, uh, I think this is an, uh, um, something we can't stress <laughs> enough here, right? Um, that he's not he's not telling us to to work to earn our salvation, right? Um, but instead, he is he's telling us to to, to work to show our salvation, right? Um, is that uh, is that Watson is a is a firm believer in justification by faith alone, right? Um, faith alone, uh, through faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone. But what this book is referring to is our sanctification. How do we walk out um, our, our our relationship with the Lord? How do we how do we wrestle against our sin, right? Provoking ourselves to duty and mortifying the sin within us. And this whole chapter, Watson is 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 simply calling us. Um, to fight, he's calling us that if 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 our desire is eternal life with our Lord, live like it, pursue it, do something right. And so now let me walk really briefly through um, sort of how 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 Watson has laid out this chapter, and then um, this chapter just has some 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 powerhouse little thoughts of Watson, um, and so I'll just um, make mention of a couple of those, and that'll be our time. So. He begins by uh, by by discussing um, by first introducing the idea of how we must offer violence when it comes to heaven, and then he gives us um, four metaphors 
that the scriptures use for heavenly violence. Striving, wrestling, running, fighting. All things that, that involve exerting force, right? And then he goes and he gives us some reasons for offering violence. That God commands it. God has decreed it. Um, it is difficult um, that violence assault are made against us from our hearts and from the powers of hell, that the violence and that this violence is of the highest importance because we save our souls, we gain a kingdom, and so we are to never slack in this duty. Then Watson goes and he and he spends um, a, a couple of paragraphs talking about the difficulty of getting to heaven, um, why we must we must labor and not just labor, but we must but we must fight in order to get to heaven, and then how we are to offer violence um, through prayer and hearing the word, um, returning to those, uh, to, those two, to those two items. And then finally, he closes with a, the danger of moderation. And so um, that's the overall, the overall outline of the chapter. And so let's, men- let's, uh, let's kind of walk through and I'll make some mention of some of the things that particularly stood out to me and I would love to hear um, what, what, what particularly stood out to you as you've read through this chapter. So he introduces the violence that we are to offer to, offer to heaven um, with um, the story of of the Canaanite conquest of the of the of the Israelites' conquest of the Canaanites, right? Um, and he makes this note. He says, "Though heaven has given us freely, yet we must take pains for it." Canaan was given Israel freely, but they had to fight with the Canaanites. It is not a lazy wish or a sleepy prayer that will bring us to heaven. We must offer violence, right? And that is, uh, I feel like that's a that's a that's a pretty fitting summary of the entire book um, of of Watson's um, of his of his aim for the entire book is that is that yes, God gives us heaven freely, uh, but we still got to take it. We still have to make our pains for it, right? The land of Canaan was given to the Israelites freely. They still had to go and actually conquer it, right? And God was with them, strengthening them. He was guiding them. He promised them that they would prevail as long as they did it, right? But he still had them do something, right? We are likewise called to conquer on our road to heaven. And so he gives us these four metaphors um, that for, for offering violence, um, striving wrestling um, wrestling is, is is one that um, that I've got to see particularly on we've got to see particularly on Sunday mornings as um, since he quotes from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and then he speaks of running a race right run so that you may obtain and he has this wonderful line there we have a long race from earth to heaven but a, and but a little time to run it will soon be sunset therefore so run right and it's here also in um, this in this third metaphor that he speaks of running that he gives us uh, kind of two warnings against people that um that 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 aren't running their race um so one of them he says is the is the the drunkards um that it, that a drunken man is unfit to run a race right which is why um the apostles tell us that we must be sober minded right so it's not even just um, it's not even just drunk with alcohol, right? But we can be drunk with many things, things that inebriate us and give us and take us out of sobriety so that we're not fit to run the race that is set before us, right? And others, he says, neglect this race all their life, right? So they, so it's not that they're necessarily drunken. They're just not running the race. They're not, they're not, they're not in that, in that contest. And he, um, speaks specifically over those, 
um, who, who, who wait until the last of their lives um, to decide to follow the Lord. And this is a hard word. He says, when sickness and death approach, then they will begin. A sick man is very unfit to walk, much less to run a race. I acknowledge true repentance is never too late. But when a man can hardly move his hand or eyes, it is a very unfit time to begin the race from earth to heaven. Now, <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's a hard word, um, but I think that that is, uh, that is a word that, 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 that we need to hold on to um, because if we are, um, if we are as believers um, longing for people to find repentance, um, um, there, there, you know, as Watson acknowledged, there is always the, the possibility of, of someone um, having true repentance at the end of their life, right? We see, um, we see that with the thief on the cross beside Jesus of that you will be this day, you will be with me in paradise, right? Amen. That there is that grace, but that is not something that, that, that we can presume on. And that is, um, and that's not some, and I think that this is more to the point for us as believers. And it's not something that we can presume on for others, right? We can't, um, we can't just assume um, that, uh, that, that, well, we'll share the gospel with them and they'll repent um, whenever they, whenever they're dying, right? Whenever they're on their deathbed, right? Because, um, I mean, Hebrews talks about Esau that, 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 um, that wasn't able to find repentance, right? That we sought it with tears, right? We never know um, when we cross that line to where there's no longer an ability um, to repent. There's no longer the ability to run that. Um, and so, the, and so, um, though it is a, always a possibility, it's a, it's a, um, that is a, a, a marvelous act of God's grace. Um, it is, it is, it is dangerous to the point of risking um, our very souls to presume um, that every that every deathbed, um, eth- every deathbed um, prayer for repentance um, would be able to that 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 person will be able to truly repent. Um, so, a hard word, but it is a, a a needed word, and it should give us and it should give us um, a a desire to proclaim the gospel to people while they still have an opportunity um, well, before long before they are on their deathbeds. And then the final metaphor that he gives is. Um, that we are to fight, and he uses um, one of my favorite um, favorite uh, historical characters of Hannibal, Hannibal um, of Carthage, who forced his army over the Alps um, in order to in order to try to conquer Rome. And he says, in the same way, uh, we must force our way into heaven. We must fight the good fight of faith. And I love so studying the armor of God. I love how he also says, indeed, in heaven, our armor shall be hung up as a token of victory. But now it is the day of battle. We must fight the good fight of faith. Mm. So then he goes and he gives us some reasons for why we are to offer violence. And the first one, of course, that God has commanded it, right? Um, that he that, uh, that 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 after the fall we eat uh, we eat fruit by the by the sweat of our brow, and he says that the same is true for the fruit of paradise. <laughs> we'll eat it by the sweat of our brow, and then he says it's also God's decree, and this is really important. He says the Lord, in His eternal decree, joined the end and the means together, striving and entering. So striving and entering are both joined together. The race and the crown are tied together, and then he goes on and he says this. 
a man can no more think he will come to heaven without offering violence than he can think he will come to the end of his journey if he never sets a step in the way. Or, who expects a harvest without plowing and sowing? How can we expect the harvest of glory without labor? Though our salvation with respect to Christ is a purchase, yet with respect to us, it is a conquest, right? Um, and man, there's a more than we have time here to unpack in that statement. We could just spend some time on that one paragraph all by itself, right? Um, that that God is joined together the means and the end, right? And so, in the same way um, that a, that a that a farmer can't expect to have a harvest if he hasn't done any plowing and any plowing and sowing, in the same way. Uh, and in the same way that somebody can't expect to be at the end of his journey if he never actually steps foot onto the journey, how can we think that we will come to heaven if we haven't done anything to get to heaven, right? How can we think that we will that we will have that eternal life with our Lord if we've never set foot on the hard, narrow road that is that leads to eternal life, right? And then the last last sentence is, uh, is, is, is so important for us to understand because he's talking about perspectives here, right? He says, though our salvation with respect to Christ is a purchase. So, so from, so from the end of Christ, it's a purchase for us once for all, right? And yet with respect to us, it is a conquest. And so, and so yes, coming down from Christ, it is a purchase for us once for all. And yet for us in this daily moment, as we are living it out, it is a daily conquest that we must constantly pursue right and so oh man that is uh just such a such a good point right and then he tells us um that that the that another reason that we should offer violence to heaven is that it is difficult and he says that it's difficult because it's the taking of a kingdom it requires us first being pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and then being put into this new kingdom and then Fourth, he says that uh, there's violent assaults that are being made on us that will require us um, to, to act with violence to oppose. And he says that the first one is the violence that comes from our own hearts. Um, and this is just so good. I, I want to. I really, I really just want to quote the whole chapter. But he says, "Our own hearts oppose us." This is a strange paradox. Man naturally desires happiness, yet opposes it. He desires to be saved, yet hates that holy violence which would save him. Oh, isn't that the human experience? I mean, isn't that the isn't that the, the paradox of being human in this fallen world? Is that is that we want pleasure, we want happiness, and then we don't do the things that will give us the most pleasure and the most happiness. Right? And in fact, that's the that's the hard thing about discipline, is that we know that discipline, being disciplined, leads us to an to a greater good, right? Whether whatever whatever that discipline may be, whether it's financial discipline of of, of saving up for of uh, for saving up for things to come, or whether that's bodily discipline, right? Of of being healthier um, both now and in the days to come, right? All of those things we're, we're the reason that we that we are disciplined is is for some greater good that is yet to come and yet though we think that we want happiness we just want the immediate reward right and so 
And so, man, this is just so true of us that, it, that, that as humans, it is our very hearts that are going against us. Our hearts are calling out for us to be satisfied with lesser things, for us to be satisfied with things, uh, with, 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 as Jeremiah says, with broken cisterns, cisterns that can't hold water. You put water in them for a moment, the water just leaks right out, right? And that's what we give our time, give our attention, give our emotions to. And so... We must offer violence to heaven because our very heart is against us. Our very heart is calling us to be satisfied with lesser things and to not give into the discipline that is needed for us, right? But he also says um, that we get the assaults of of hell, which we talked about last week too, with um, offering violence to to Satan, right? And then he tells us, um, fifthly, that this violence, that we must be violent because it is a matter of the highest important of uh, the highest importance right and he says that it's of the highest importance for uh for, for for two big reasons one because we save our souls right and so he says this um in that, that that paragraph on if you're reading the physical copy this is page 47 he says if christ thought the soul was worth the shedding of his blood well may we think it worth spending our sweat he died shed his blood to save our souls should we not be willing to give our sweat to work to save our souls as well right and then so we're saving our souls that's why it's of the highest importance because we're saving uh, the part of us that's the most important right but also we gain a kingdom he says that this is what we get in return from this work right christ is not calling us to do work that has no payoff He's giving us the glorious kingdom that God the Father has set before him as well that we get to come into possession of as well. And so then um, he, he, he ends this section by telling us um, that we must, uh, be, we must never be slack in our violence that we offer to the kingdom of heaven. And he says, because even those that are um, the best at religion, the most devout, the most religious, he says uh, they have to constantly be quickened again to the duty of religion, to, 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 to making sure that they are continuing to offer violence. And he says this at the end of that paragraph, the fire of devotion will soon go out if it is not blown up. A Christian's own experience of his inconstancy, of his incons- of his inconstancy in performing good is reason enough to spur him to holy violence. And so um, if I'm, I'm sure that you've had experience of this, of emotional highs, of spiritual highs with the Lord, right? Um, only to, 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 to find another, another uh, valley immediately after that. And so, and so the inconsistencies that we see in our own lives should be enough um, to, to, to remind us of the violence that needs to be done against, uh, against ourselves, against Satan, in order to enter the kingdom, right? And then he goes and, um, and he, has, he has several paragraphs where he gives to talking about the, uh, the difficulty of getting into heaven. Um, and, uh, and, and, and he says, he says there again, um, in the middle of, the par- of, of, of that next paragraph, he says, Some fancy a fine, easy way to heaven, an idle wish, a deathbed tear. But the text tells us of offering violence. Alas, there is a great work to be done. The bias of a heart must be changed. And here's something to note. 
Man by nature does not only lack grace, but hates it. Mm. He has an envenomed spirit against goodness and is angry with converting grace. And so, oh, brothers and sisters, what makes the violence to get to heaven, the violence to heaven, what makes it so hard? Well, we hate grace. <laughs> we, are, we are absolutely opposed to it, right? Christ has to reach and he has to rescue us. He has to save us um, because um, we don't desire it, right? And he goes down in the next paragraph, he talks about that, um, that, that, that while heaven must be taken by violence, he says hell will be taken without storm. The gates of hell, like that iron gate, open of their own accord, right? Um, we can, there, if you want to get to, to hell, there will be absolutely uh, absolutely none of Satan's minions stopping any, any person, right? Uh, but with us, we, we must offer that violence. And the reason is, is because he says, um, in, in, in kind of towards the end of that, of that paragraph, he says, a Christian is commanded to warm-hearted service. He must charge through the whole army of his lusts. So that's what stands against us. That's what makes it hard, right? We not only lack grace, we hate it. We must charge through the whole army of our lusts, of our, of our, of our wicked desires of our hearts. And note this, he says, every one of which is stronger than Goliath. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's just such good imagery, right? Uh, because if we read the story of David and Goliath and we marvel at uh, the wonders of, of, of David uh, going up against the great power of of goliath right and then watson is letting us know that, that each one of our sinful desires in our hearts is is more should be more terrifying to us than than goliath that's why we need christ that's why we need somebody that's far greater than david somebody that's far greater than than abraham or any of the other old testament saints we need christ to rescue us christ to save us christ to give us a heart for grace, even though we hate it, right? Well, he continues to go on. And he says, um, a little bit later on, um, he, he, he gives an example of the angels and talks about how angels are ministering spirits. And so saying that if uh, if the angels um, aren't aren't just sitting around uh, lazily in heaven, then how much more should, should, we, should we be at work, right? Um, and then he says that uh, some think free grace will save them, but it must be in the use of means. He says, watch and pray. Others say that the promises will bring them to heaven. But the promises of the word are not to be separated from the precepts. And I think this is um, so good today, especially in, um, in our day where um, the word of faith movement is, um, is, is so popular and people, are, um, and people make such a... Such a um, such a great thing out of this standing on the promises of God, right? And amen, we should, right? Um, I think it was last chapter where he said that we, we must hold uh, Christ in one hand and, and the promises in the other hand, right? That as, we, as we fight against Satan by faith. Um, but the promises can't be divorced from, the, from God's precepts, from God's commands, right? And so look, the, one of my favorite things that he says this chapter as he says, the promises are made to encourage faith, not to cherish sloth. Mm. They're meant to, to stir us up. They're meant to, 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 to encourage us forward in our duty and our devotion to the Lord. They are not meant to, they're not meant to encourage 
sloth in us so that we just sit back um, and relax, right? We have our, I mean, we are to rest. We have a perpetual rest, a perpetual Sabbath, knowing that Christ has done the work for us. But it is a, it is a rest that fuels us to further work, right? It is a, and it is a, a rest that comes in the midst of our labor, right? This life is one of constant labor and constant rest, right? I mean, that's one of the many paradoxes of the Christian religion, right? Like, like has the kingdom of God come? Yes. And is it still yet to come? Yes. We're in the already and the not yet. In the same way, we must we must work even as we are already resting. And the promises, they are to encourage us to continue that work, not to lazily just toss back on to the grace of God. And he says, uh, just a little bit after that, our salvation cost Christ's blood. It will cost us sweat. So notice there. Christ paid the greater price, the far greater price. Blood is far more valuable than sweat. And yet, um, yet how often, how often are, are we hesitant to put forth any effort um, in our, in 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 growing more after the Lord? Right. May the Lord change our hearts. <laughs> May the Lord give us a desire um, to, to 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 follow hard after Him. Which leads us um, to his last couple of words. He brings up again um, the issue of the the, the means of prayer um, by which we are to uh, to offer this violence. Um, my favorite things that he says there at the end of the chapter is I'm um, talking about people um, when they are all about the world, they are all fire, but when they are at prayer, they are all ice. Right, and then he discusses again hearing of the word. Um, and um, a notable thing that he says there, others go to a sermon as to the exchange to hear news. New notions please their fancy, but they do not attend to the word as a matter of life and death. Right? They don't listen to the word as though their very souls hang in the balance of what is being said. Right, And then finally, he ends by warning us of the danger of moderation. Um, and this is a, uh, an, an interesting thing to talk about because he notes kind of at the beginning of that, he says, indeed, moderation in the things of the world is commendable, right? We should, we should moderate our desires here and use the world as if, as, as, as if we used it not. Um, and so that's a, and so that's an important thing to understand because it is, um, it is important that we do practice moderation. Um, and in fact, I think one of Satan's biggest, um, his biggest tactics tactics against us is to get us to go to extremes on anything, right? And so, um, you know, so so whether that's uh, whether that's you know um, going from one extreme of, of of being an ascetic of 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 of, of not allowing ourselves to have any worldly pleasures and 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 uh, to the point to where we in uh, to where we begin to to think of ourselves as holy by that fact of of, of of good and righteous because we don't partake in any of the worldly pleasures. And if he can't do that, then he'll get us to go to the opposite extreme to where we become drunkards and, um, and, we, and, we, and we go into all the pleasures of the world. You know, we become uh, hedonists. Um, and so, and so the, the, the Christian has, has to walk down that middle and has to have moderation, right? Has to, but 
Watson is not talking about the danger of that moderation. Moderation with things of the world, that is good. Instead, he's talking about moderation when it comes to following after God. In that sense, um, moderation is sin. Because he says here, moderation in the world's sense means not to be too zealous. Not to be too fierce for heaven. Moderation is not to venture further in religion than may coexist with self-preservation. And that's not what Christ has called us to. He's not called us to self-preservation, to only go so far as we can make sure that we stay safe. Christ has called us, if anyone will follow after me, let him take up his cross, die to himself, and follow me. And so there is no moderate way to be a Christian. There's no moderate way to be a real Christian. Because discipleship, following after Christ, means dying to self. It means being zealous after our Lord and our Savior who has rescued us, who has saved us, who has redeemed us. And so when it comes to following Christ, let us not be moderates. Let us be zealous. Let us be fanatical as his disciples. With all the things of the world, let us be known by our moderation. Let us be known as a sober-minded people. Let us not be, or as Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, let us not be drunk with wine, but let us be filled with the Spirit. Let's be zealous for the things of God. Let's be zealous for following after Christ. Let's be zealous in seeking after the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> he gives this warning at the end of the chapter. This is where will leave us. Moderation has made many lose heaven. They have not made haste enough. They have come too late, like the foolish virgins, when the door has been shut. May that not be us. May we be a people with breath still in our lungs who fight for heaven. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence take it by force and by the grace of Christ, the love of the Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit, may we offer violence to heaven. See you next week. Grace and peace.